This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Well, good afternoon everyone. That uh, title then is taken from the opening reading, depending exactly which version you're you're reading, but from verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, or seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. And it got three parts to it there, hasn't it? First of all, seek. We're asked to do something. It's not a, a passive thing, it's to seek something. Jesus there tells us to do something, to look for or look for something. And he tells us that this is first, the first thing we should do. It's a priority. Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. We need to seek for something, make that our priority. And those things we're seeking for are a kingdom and righteousness. It can be very helpful, can't it, in a a busy life to have some priorities so we know what, was, what is important and what we need to do first. And that's what Jesus is here trying to do. He's trying to help us by giving us a priority. But then again, you may take it the other way and you may not like being told what to do. You may take this as a bit of a, a command and take affront that they're being told what to do by the Lord Jesus Christ. But let's look at it in the context. Let's just read the verses either side of it. First verse 31. Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 Therefore take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed for after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things <coughs> and then on the other side of our verse verse 34 take therefore no thought for the morrow for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself Sufficient unto day is the evil thereof. So Jesus isn't just addressing things in general, he's addressing those who may be worried about the everyday things of life, about food, clothing, how they provide for themselves, for their family, how they were to survive. So they're not really words of commandment, but more words of advice and comfort. God knows that you need these things, says Jesus. Trust in him and he'll look after the basics for you. Just concentrate on seeking what he asks you to and let God do the rest. Though God and his son do make demands on us, that's true, what they promise is so much more than they ask. And at this time they promise a relief from the stress of life. Jesus tells us elsewhere in Matthew's Gospel, it's Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. Come unto me all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And again there, there's advice given by Jesus in love addressed to those struggling under the pressures of this life and of the world they lived in. 
and again Jesus telling them that if they respond to his calling and that respond, that applies to us just as much if we respond to his calling we shall find rest yes once again we'll be expected to do something there is a burden to take on but Jesus tells us it's light for the person giving it to, it to us the Lord Jesus Christ is loving and caring will help us to carry it Jesus said to his own disciples as he faced his death peace I leave with you my peace I give unto you not as the world giveth give I unto you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid God and his son offer real blessings now in this life in what can be a difficult and frightening world they don't offer blessings in terms of an easy life but in knowing that they're there to help and that they offer something much greater for the future which just brings us then to that first thing that Jesus asked us to seek for his kingdom our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven thus begins what's known as the Lord's prayer that prayer that Jesus gave to his disciples as a, a model prayer of what they should be praying about and that prayer there after declaring that God's name should be honoured it starts doesn't it with the calling for God's kingdom to come for his will to be done on earth where that kingdom will be established as it is in heaven the kingdom of God is one of the themes of the Bible it's a, a great theme of the Bible and it's one of the great promises made for those who follow their Lord there are many promises of this kingdom of God on earth beautiful pictures of a time so very different to what we see now in this world we're going to pick a few of them just from the prophecy of Isaiah some of the perhaps most well known ones we'll start in Isaiah in chapter 2 there's a phrase in this uh, short verse Isaiah chapter 2 1 to 4 that have been picked up by the United Nations outside their headquarters declaring their hope for peace on earth Isaiah chapter 2 verse 1 The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it Many people shall go and say Come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob and he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem and he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks nations shall not lift up sword against nation neither shall they learn war any more it's like great hope there the United Nations that they've never managed to get anywhere near producing is the hope that God says will come in the last days when he's worshipped in all the earth a few chapters on in Isaiah 11 we get another one of the famous pictures of the kingdom Isaiah paints Isaiah chapter 11 from verse 1 there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse 
and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And shall make him a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them, and the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and largely straw like the ox. And the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. Again there we have a, a picture of great peace, even within the, the animal kingdom. And we have this idea that the end of war, no more destruction, for the earth should all know God. And there's talk there of a, a righteous man, a man who would judge fairly and equitably, a man who would come from the line of Jesse, we read in verse 1. Well, Jesse was the father of the perhaps greatest king in Israel in the time of their ancient kingdom, King David. And we can see that this prophecy of Isaiah says someone from that line, who we can see is the Lord Jesus Christ, the New Testament starts, Matthew 1, verse 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, that this man, Jesus, will come to reign on the earth and bring a peace to it never known before. One final one, a couple of chapters earlier on in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. A couple of verses so often read around the time of Christmas. Isaiah 9, verse 6. Again, talking of this person to come. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment, with justice, from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That's quite rightly as it is read at Christmas. It does again refer to the Lord Jesus Christ. To sit on that throne of David, which was established in Jerusalem. To bring peace, justice and order forever. But just three of the pictures that Isaiah paints, and there are many more of this beautiful kingdom to come, and this man to reign over it. And we'll just take another one now, and I'll ask a brother Ian to read Psalm 72, please. So we then then from this 72nd chapter of the book of Psalms. <clears throat> Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. He shall judge the people with righteousness, and thy poor with judgment. The mountains shall bring peace to the people, 
and the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass as showers that water the earth. In his days shall righteous flourish and abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him and his enemies shall lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him, all nations shall serve him. For he shall deliver the needy when he crieth, the poor also and him that hath no helper. He shall spare the poor and needy, and shall save the souls of the needy. He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence, and precious shall their blood be in his sight. And he shall live, and to him shall be given of the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually, and daily shall he be praised. There shall be a handful of corn in the earth, upon the top of the mountains. The fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon, and they of the city shall flourish like grass of the, of the earth. His name shall endure for ever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever, and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and Amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse are ended. There we have a picture of a, a king who shall reign over all the earth who will receive praise from all people where there will be no terrorists fighting against him killing people, innocent people in their struggles. There will be a time of peace and of justice when even the poor of the earth shall see what they get what they need these promises these visions of a, a king and of a kingdom are given us there to enable us to be less stressed in this life and to see what is coming that's only one of the two things that Jesus asked us to seek after it's God's kingdom and his righteousness so what's the second thing what's righteousness well, in the Old Testament there's a, a Hebrew word most often translated righteousness it means rightness so literally being right we'll come across in a minute how it's first used but let's just look at the New Testament as well the Greek word in our verse there in Matthew 6 verse 33 seek his righteousness means equity it means being made correct before God so why seek after God's righteousness? 
Well, the first answer is because that's the only righteousness we can seek after. We have none of our own. Paul wrote to the believers in Rome back in the first century. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. Paul is actually quoting from two different Psalms, Psalms 14 and Psalm 53, both of which talk of there being no one who does any good. We can never do good ourselves. We do not have this righteousness in ourselves. So where do we find God's righteousness? Where can we get it? Where do we have to seek it out? Well, the first use of it, I said, was in the Old Testament, in, and it's in Genesis chapter 15. Let's have a, a look at that use there. Genesis 15, it's talking of Abraham. Remember our first verse in Matthew chapter 1 that said that Jesus is the son of David, the son of Abraham. So we're looking at another famous ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Genesis 15, we have Abraham asking God about a promise he made. God had made a promise to him about descendants who would inherit the land that God was to give him forever. But up to this stage, Abraham didn't have any descendants. Genesis 15, verse 2. And Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but it that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. He said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord and counted to him for righteousness. Abraham believed what God told him and God therefore counted it to him for righteousness. Paul quotes this in one of his letters in the New Testament in Galatians chapter 3 verses 6 to 9 Galatians 3 verse 6 even as Abraham believed God it was accounted to him for righteousness know ye therefore that they which were of faith the same are the children of Abraham and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So God gave righteousness to Abraham because he believed what God had told him. He had faith, as you can also say, in what God said. And Paul says we can all be treated in the very same way. Now we've seen that God makes great blessings, great promises about the future of a coming kingdom on earth a coming kingdom well worth seeking for but we need to believe this truly we need to have faith in these promises in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen or if you look at a modern translation the ESV now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, 
The conviction of things not seen. Faith is a conviction of something you have hope in. You're absolutely convinced that it will come to pass though you've never seen it. Just like this kingdom of God that's promised. And in Hebrews 11 verse 6 we also read, But without faith it is impossible to please him, that's God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. So we cannot please God unless we believe he actually exists, well that's fairly clear really isn't it? And that he will give the promises to those who seek him. To those who seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Let's just to go back then to that for opening reading. We'll just read it again before we conclude. Matthew 6 verse 24. No man can serve two masters. For either will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. And if I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on, is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them, are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory is not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, but the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Just look there at the end of verse 30. O ye of little faith. God knows that we need these things, if we don't show that we believe that then we have little or no faith and that righteousness will not be given to us for believing in God but if we concentrate on the kingdom on that great promise that he offers and we trust that God will look after the rest then we are seeking his kingdom his righteousness through faith In the chapter in Galatians where we read of Paul telling us that God accounted to Abraham's faith his righteousness, we also read this at the end of the chapter. For you are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptised into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise if we have faith in God and his promises if we seek them first and show that in our actions be that about not worrying about food and clothing or being baptised into Jesus or in some of the other ways that God asks us to 
if we show that faith in action then we can also be given righteousness just as Abraham was we can also share those great promises of a place in that wonderful kingdom that God says will come we hope you enjoyed that talk for more downloads information about what we believe and details of our meeting times go to our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk Thank you.